Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Live from the Hogs Meat Market Studios, this is Out of Bounds. It's the biggest win in Hurricane Hoops history. To the final four. They've determined it's over. For the first time in school history, San Diego State is going to the yes, final yes. four. With John Neighbors. Every time you put a mic in my face, I'm going to say Arkansas. And Joe Franklin. We won't go into shell. We won't go into attack mode. Because that's what's required. On 1037 The Buzz. Appreciate everybody listening in on this beautiful day here in the great state of Arkansas. John Neighbors, Joe Franklin, broadcasting live from the Hogsmeade Market Studios with you today. And thank you, as always, for making us a part of your afternoon this afternoon. We're going to have Bobby Regan, Barstool Sports, talk a little college basketball and Final Four with us in a second. But uh, let's try to squeeze in a J.K. who's in Fairfield Bay. What's up, J.K.? Hey, guys. Hey, I, was, I went fishing with my 19-year-old granddaughter last weekend. She brought up the point. She said, you know, Dad, she listens to the buzz. She said, everybody's wondering who's coming back and who's leaving. She said, the way Nick Smith was treated, she said, I wouldn't blame some of these players for transferring out of Arkansas. And I just kind of looked at her and went, wow, okay. They respect it. Really. I'll hang up and listen. All right. Appreciate it, J.K. We had a fun time uh, fishing. Uh yeah, I mean, listen, there's there's been a lot about that, but, you know, a lot of these players, they, like somebody like Nick Smith, he's not coming back no matter what. Like, he's moving on to the NBA, uh, and that's it's just what's going to happen. And I think Anthony Black's kind of the same way. He's moving on there, too. But these players, man, they got they got bigger fish to fry than to, you know, think about. It was like, well, I was going to come back if uh, some fans treated me a little bit better, but now I'm not. I, I don't I don't think they, they look at it in that light uh, at all. And Honestly, social media is a nasty thing where it doesn't matter if you're a player that everyone loves. Like, look at Devo Davis. I'm sure he got a lot of hate there, too. But uh, that's just unfortunately the way it is in social media. But I don't know. Anthony Black and, and Nick Smith aren't coming back. They're, they're, they're moving on. They're, they're going to be going to the NBA. Yes. Yeah. And maybe some others. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I would be, if Anthony Black even came out and said, no, I'm coming back for another year, I'd be like, no. No, you're not wanted here. You need to go to the NBA. Don't even try that stuff, man, because you gotta got to go get yours. But uh, there's going to be a lot of players I know they are going to be announcing their intentions, whether to transfer or whether to go to the NBA. And with college basketball getting closer and closer to come to an end, now that we have the Final Four set, let's talk a little college basketball as we go to the Jones and Sun Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Outline. Welcome in front of the show and a guy that knows all about college basketball, Bobby Regan of Barstool Sports. Bobby, as always, man, appreciate it. How are you doing this afternoon? Good, man. How are you doing? Well, we're, we're doing good, and I want to start with this, because I'm sure this is something you've, you've thought about or been asked about, dealing with college basketball and dealing with the Final Four that we now have officially set. Because of the lack of power teams or the lack of teams that haven't made the Final Four, whatever it may be, do you feel like this is bad for basketball, or it's, it's a bad tournament or a bad Final Four that no one wants to watch? Or do you think none of that matters, people are going to love it, people are going to watch it, and it actually maybe is a little bit better when you have new teams? I mean, both to a degree. Like, it's hard to argue when, what, Thursday, Friday, that historical records for viewings, and that's all 15 over a 2 with 16 over a 1 and everything else like that. But I think the more casual fan, they want Cinderella to die, you know, in the Sweet 16 or not make the Sweet 16. Um, 
because we start getting standalone games. And now Florida, Atlanta, Kansas State was an awesome standalone game. But we've also seen, you know, UNC St. Peter's last year, while it drew a lot of numbers, wasn't a great game. And the 2011 Final Four, I mean, VCU, Butler, great story. That game stumped. That's one of the worst games I've ever watched. And there's a variety of reasons, whether it's shooting in the dome. Now, I think it's a little different because Florida Atlantic is good. Like, this isn't, this isn't UCU. This isn't George Mason. This isn't even Loyola. Like, Loyola was, was, was a good team. Florida Atlantic is by far the most talented team outside of probably the Butler team that had Hayward just because you have a, you know, a lottery pick and Sheldon Mack played in the NBA. But this is a, a good team. They shouldn't have been a nine seed. But it is, it is weird. Like, San Diego State plays ugly basketball. I mean, they've won, but it's, their games aren't enjoyable. <laughs> they come, they're close because they can't score. But it's like, me personally, I think the best tournaments, and this has been a good tournament, the best tournaments end up being mayhem or early. Best teams went out late. And that's when it's that tough because it is, it's the best and worst postseason, right? Like it's the most entertaining postseason. It's mayhem everywhere. But it's the worst way to determine who's the best team. I think we've said it before, but, but go look at the champions and over since like, let's just say 2010 and around number it's been like three times, four times the best team has actually won. And it's like, people love using NCAA tournament as an argument and it doesn't say the whole story of the season. Bob, UConn is the favorite going into this tournament and they're the only team that's been there before. They're the only ones that have the final four experience so uh, how do you see that matchup with Miami and UConn? And if UConn is somehow able to get past Miami, how do you see the other teams as far as matchups? So, yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of crazy when people say UConn is the team with, that has made the Final Four. It's like no one on this team has made a Final Four. Dan Hurley's never made a Final Four. The program has. So this is still and, – and people – I'm not saying you, but everyone gets kind of caught up when you're talking about programs. Where it's like, well – did this team make a like make a run, or did the program happen to make a run before? But yeah, I mean, UConn was the number one team in the country for all of November and December, so they're the one team that's not shocking to be here. Miami's going to be interesting because Miami can score, and I mean, we saw what UConn did against Gonzaga, but Miami scores with guards, so it's going to be can they hit enough threes? I don't know how they beat Texas not making threes, but. You got to do it, and UConn's offense has been rolling. I don't know how you keep them up the glass, affecting the country and offensive rebounding. But the other game, I, I like Florida Atlantic. I really Florida Atlantic plays for a national championship. They they have the depth; they can shoot. They they have a seven foot big man that can play, you know, inside against Memphis from San Diego State. They play teams that are physical. You know, Memphis is physical. Tennessee is physical. So it's not like San Diego State should shock them too much. They play against good defenses. I don't know. I really like the Florida Atlantic team. I kind of hope we get an all-Miami final, though. I hope it's Miami, Florida, Atlantic. Well, and also you think about the teams that were so dominant this year, like Alabama and Houston. Which one of those teams were you more shocked that didn't make it to the Final Four? Because obviously you could be shocked with both of them, but which ones were you like, man, I, I thought that that was a shoe-in? So I think it's probably Alabama, because they have, obviously, Brandon Miller the second or third best prospect, and, and he lived up to the hype on the court, obviously, of, of being good. They have the experience. They kind of have the right blend of seniors and freshmen. And I know Jairus Walker's a, a projected first-round pick for Houston and Satcher's All-American, but it just kind of felt like it was Alabama's year. They could beat both ways. They, You know, the way they, they play fast, Houston, the slow tempo, kind of. I, I don't love, like, when you're that talented, just, just play. Um, so I think it might have been Alabama. And even when you look at the draw, right? Like Alabama had San Diego State, uh, you know, a, a program. San Diego State can't score. And they beat you at their own game. And then you would have gotten either Creighton or a 15 seed Princeton. The fact that they didn't get out of that region baffling to me. Houston, at least that region was kind of brutal, right? Like Miami, they won the ACC. Yeah, the ACC down, but they still won it. And they have good talent. They have good guards, and guards matter. And then the bottom half, you have Xavier in Texas. Texas was viewed as a potential one seed. So, with just looking at the region, I think it's more shocking that Alabama didn't get out. And and I jokingly blogged it, but at what point do we start talking about Nate Oates in March? 
I mean, this is twice now he's had a top two seed not make it past the two sixteen. Bobby, San Diego State, they're the best defensive team that's left in this tournament. And you said you like Florida Atlantic, but is that something with a team that is the best defensive team left that's gotten them this far? Is that something that could carry them to a championship, or would you expect better offense to emerge when you get to this point? I mean, it could carry them for sure. It is is shocking how bad teams are shooting from three against them, and they play good shooting teams. Charles and Furman... Alabama Creighton are all pretty good three-point shooting teams. And, like, can that happen again? Yeah, I mean, variance to a degree. But at some point, I mean, San Diego State's offense is just tough to watch. And when they don't miss, like, when they, they miss, it is a brick through and through. And it's like, at some point, that's got to hurt them. I just don't know when. I might be wrong. They might win the whole thing. But I just don't trust that offense. Where Florida Atlantic's at least balanced. And yeah, San Diego State has guys that make shots late. You know, they, like Tramiel and, and Butler, they make shots late. But, I mean, at some point, not scoring for the first 30 minutes of the game has to hurt them. Speaking with Bobby Regan of Barstool Sports here on the Jones and Sun Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Hotline. Now, also, Bobby, with a team as far as, you know, not having a McDonald's All-American for like the first time ever in a Final Four, that, that was really impressive to me because we know that usually, as you mentioned in the beginning, it's not always the greatest indication of figuring out who the best team overall is, but to not have really any like high school superstars coming out is so shocking. Why do, is it just an anomaly? Is it just like, hey, that's just a one-year deal, or is it maybe more towards this is the way college basketball is right now, and this is the way that it's moving forward? I think it's more of an anomaly. I mean, that's that good. it's not a small sample size, right? It's since 1979, I think. Um, so I, I, I feel like it is truly an anomaly. Um, and let me say, well, the, the talent's getting dispersed more, so maybe it happens more often, right? Like, all the McDonald's All-Americans aren't going to Kentucky, Duke, Kansas, Carolina, and UCLA. They're going all over, you know, out there on Alabama. They're going to uh, Villanova. They're, they're, they're spread out throughout the, the teams now to where, yeah, it, it, it makes the talent level more even, but... Even from like an NBA standpoint, I, we say it all the time. Everyone kind of said like, "Oh, Villanova did it without NBA teams in '16." Well, they had like eight guys from that team. The last team that truly didn't have like a, you go back to like Maryland in '02, and it was like Steve Blake, and then oh, yeah, Wilcox got drafted. But like you know, Dixon wasn't really an NBA guy. Baxter wasn't an NBA guy. It's rare to not have a, like high level NBA talent on a title team and. Maybe Jordan Hawkins turns into it. He's looking at it as a first-round pick from, from UConn. But, like, who in Florida Atlantic are you looking at being like, that guy's going to play in the NBA? Miami, who knows? Well, you know, they have enough guys. Maybe they have someone there. San Diego State. Do they have an NBA guy? Like, it just it feels weird just looking around and being like, there's not a blue-blood person here or a, you know, high-end talent here. It's really good college players, which is fun. But it, it does feel more like an anomaly that, you know, maybe we see more where it's like one McDonald's All-American makes it or something like that. But it, all the stats this year just are weird. Going off that, uh, who are the more impressive players that are left in the Final Four? But, you know, I mentioned Jordan Hawkins from UConn. You know, you can list any player from Miami because it seems like every game someone's different beats you. Um, I love Pack and Wong and and uh, Poplar's coming on as a, as a young guy, and you know, uh, is a really good transfer. Miller's been really, really good for them and kind of flying under the radar. But I like Florida Atlantic. Man. John L. Davis just has a little bit of everything. He comes on in the second half every every game. Elijah Martin's really good. You know, Golden won the last game for him, the big guy. I like their freshman point guard, Nicholas Boyd. He's bigger guard. He's 6'3". He doesn't, you know, he's not going to get in 20, but he'll go get you... 12, 5, and 5, no problem. And so I think those guys, you know, San Diego State, obviously, I don't want to take away from them. But, like, yeah, I like I like Lamont Butler a lot for them. And, and Tremel was really good last weekend. So, it's, again, it's just weird listening to these teams. And like, yeah, these are the guys in the Final Four. Bobby, one of the things that also, if you're someone in Arkansas or a Kentucky fan or whatnot, the, the SEC has not had a Final Four team 
since 2019, and that was Auburn, which I, I know it makes everybody pretty disgusted, I'm sure. But uh, they, they've had a couple of Elite Eight teams. Obviously, Arkansas made the Elite Eight back, uh, a couple of back-to-back years, but every team was eliminated by the Sweet 16. Is that a problem? Like, is that something that needs to be addressed? Like, how, how does that happen? Because if you're a conference that has gotten so much better basketball, like we know the SEC has, but to go that many years and that many tournaments without having any representation in the Final Four, much less the Elite Eight, uh, how do you approach that? How do you fix that? And how do you try to get the conference a little bit more involved at the high level? I don't think it's that big of a deal. It, it's such a, a crapshoot when you're in the tournament. Like, And it's only three years, right? It, it's three tournaments, and... It's not like it's not like the SEC going in at a bunch of six and eight seeds. Right? They're they're hitting high seeds. You know, you get a couple one seeds, two seeds, whatever. It's just it's cyclical. Like it, it really feels cyclical. Now, if it gets to like the Big Ten, where twenty years without getting the team in the Final Four, and I know the Big Ten, you know, it's championship, but if you get to that point, then there's a problem. But three seasons, it's not because you can kind of pinpoint right, like oh, it's a bad shooting night. Oh, it was a bad matchup. And it's not, it's so hard. Like, I, I know people look at the tournaments like the end all be all, but it's so hard to sit there and be like, oh, there's a problem. But it's been three years for a conference that's mostly dominated by, let's say, one and a half schools, two schools, where it's Kentucky and then combined Florida and, and Arkansas throughout the years. You have to have players and talent on the floor to get to this point and also win a national championship, but. Of these teams, which one would you give the coaching advantage to? Oh, man. Um, part of me wants to go to Miami with Laranaga. I think Laranaga is an elite coach. Obviously, this is his second Final Four. He did it with George Mason 17 years ago. Back, you know, he made an elite eight last year with Miami. For 73 years old, this guy has adapted more than arguably anyone else in college basketball, where it used to be, you know, he would play the old mid-2000s style. Now it's guard shooting threes, and he wants to play fast, and he understands everything. And, and you look at what they're doing in the tournament, their defense is a weakness. Well, their defense can be text. So it's, you know, I, I look at Larry Nay, guys. I, I really do think he's an undervalued coach. I give him the slight edge over Hurley. Um, I, I just I just love Larry Nay as a coach. Yeah, you brought him up, and I thought it was fascinating to see. Of course, we know about the George Mason run he had and, uh, and how everything was good there. But since he's been at Miami, he has been there since 2011, which is incredible that uh, he's been there that long. But uh, went to a Sweet 16 in year two, and then went to a Sweet 16 in year five, and then really didn't have either missed the tournament or didn't do anything in the tournament until the 2022 season where he went to the Elite Eight last year. Now he's in the Final Four. You mentioned it. What is it? Just something he adjusted to get him going here in in, in, the, in March? Was it just adjusting the way that he was supposed to? Why did why being there for that long? Why has the past couple of years been the most successful for him? I think it's been just adapting to the players, and he went out and got cards that could play. Right, like he had Charlie Moore last year, the transfer from Kansas. He's Miami's hit the transfer portal as well as anyone else in the country, and they they don't do it to say oh, now we have a star. They do it to fill out the roster, right? They, they went and got Omia and, and Pack this year and have filled out the roster. Um, so he, he's really good at figuring out, like, okay, here's what we need, and it'll pay off in the long run. And it, and it has. And Yeah, and I, I agree. Like, it is kind of weird to a degree that he had, what, a four-year stretch of kind of nothing, right? You know, 18 to 21, let's say. And... But it's Miami. Like they don't have a basketball history there. They're they're a nothing program, really, until he showed up. So it's it's crazy. If you look, he's won sixty three percent of his games and has a winning record in the ACC, which was one of the best conferences. Obviously, the last two years have been down, but like the dude just finds ways to win. Also, part of adapting, uh, not only on the court, but looks like Larinaga is and he may have always been this way, but it looks like he's a player's coach. He likes to have fun. You see him dancing with the players. That is something that probably is a factor into adapting also in, in the times that we're in now with the players. Not only that, I think more than anything where his quotes about NIL, where he's very open about it. He's like, he said, like, hey, the television makes all this much money. The programs make all this much money. Coaches make all this much money. Why doesn't it trickle down to the players? And I know people like the make fun of Miami with John Ruiz and everything, but it's the world we live in. And 
I'm very pro NIL. I know it's a hot button issue for the college basketball world, but it's also like he he says it and he he understands like okay, this is for the players. I'm I'm trying to help my guys out because he realized like it's again it's the world we live in. So he is a player's coach through and through, and you can see the way that the players react to him, the way that they celebrate with them and. And and more importantly, listen to him, right? There's no, you never hear of a Miami player frustrated with Larry Nagel. I can never recall that sort of story coming out. Is Dusty May the coach of Florida Atlantic next year? Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't he? Right? Like, what job is open right now? Why would he leave for Penn State? Right? Like, <laughs> they can also run back this team. They lose Michael Forrest, uh, the senior off the bench. Maybe they lose some guys to the portal. Who knows? But they could run back the entire team basically for next year. And he can also pick and choose where he wants to go. You look at mid major coaches who have done this run. Well, Shaka didn't leave right away. Uh, Stevens didn't leave right away. Flaranaga um, didn't leave right away. Uh, Moser didn't leave right away. And so it's not like you immediately go from a Final Four to this other job. It can happen for sure. But what, you can, he can now be picky. And what job out there? I mean, everything's basically filled. Who knows? You know, obviously something could happen. But it's like, would he really leave for Penn State? What's the upside there? Yeah, I think uh, Boca Raton is a, is a pretty cool spot to hang out at and maybe build a basketball program. And uh, and know. he's in a decent program. And I think Florida Atlantic moving the American, if I remember correctly. So yeah. it's like, he's going to be in a multi-bid league where – he can be back in the tournament, and it's like, oh, yeah, this guy's made the tournament three years in a row. Oh, let's go get him for maybe a bigger job than that would have been available this, you know, this offseason. Yeah, it could happen. It could happen. Well, Bobby, as always, man, we appreciate you joining us. Have fun during the Final Four, man. We'll catch up with you later. All right, have a good one. All right, appreciate it. Bobby Regan joining us from Barstool Sports on the Jones and Sun Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Hotline. Got more Out of Bounds coming up next. For interior, exterior, commercial, and residential painting, hire the pros at Serta Pro Painters. Get your free estimate at SertaPro.com. That's Serta with a C. Sports Arkansas baseball would try to bounce back from their series loss against LSU today as they host Omaha at Baumwalker Stadium. Arkansas is 1-2 all-time against the Mavericks with their lone win coming last year when the Razorbacks won 15-3. Arkansas has won 14 straight home games. Ben Bobby will take the mound for the Hogs. He's 2-0 with a 1.98 ERA on the season. The Mavericks will start Charlie Bell, who's 1-2 with an 8.36 ERA. First pitch is set for 6. Coverage can be heard on the buzz starting at 5.30. And the women's Final Four is set. On Friday, LSU you will take on Virginia Tech at 6, then South Carolina will face Iowa at 8. I'm Christian Weaver with the Buzz Radio Network. Relate Care in Sherwood is having a job fair Wednesday, March 29th. Relate Care is hiring RNs who can work from home along with patient service representatives. Stop by their job fair March 29th from 9 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. in Sherwood at the Wildwood Center Medical Towers. From 67167, it's Trooper Colt Chipley and his partner Dirty Larry with the Arkansas Freeway Patrol. 7 Guatney 3, we have a backup at the Gregory Street exit. 10-4, this is Trooper Shipley. We're on the scene. Well, it looks like that lady broke down trying to get to Guadney's sale. Did someone say sale? 0% interest on the 2022 Silverado is back, and Guadney Chevrolet has them in stock. Plus, no payments for three months. 2.9% APR available on Equinox. And remember, all pre-owned vehicles are good enough for mom. Here's my license, Dirty Larry. Now, I know what you're thinking. Do I feel lucky? I sure do. I'm Trading for a new Silverado at zero percent. Watney Chevrolet, 1301 TP White Drive in Jacksonville. Call 501-982-2102. WatneyChevrolet.com. Chevrolet, find new roads. All offers with approved credit. This is for the men who never settle. The ones who believe only quitters and a game and a tie. The type of guys who choose the bar with the biggest TVs to overcompensate for theirs at home. This is the Lodge mentality. This is Twin Peaks. 
Justin Ankery with Laura Beth from Coffin by Design West. Getting you ready for spring. And Laura Beth, let's start with some of the outside options that Coffin by Design West provides for folks who are trying to spruce up their homes this time of the year. We carry a large selection of in-stock steel products, which include leaf blowers, weed eaters, and lawnmowers. As far as sprucing up the house for spring cleaning, you have a lot of other options there as well. We have storage totes, power washers, flower bed tools, planters, fertilizers, all your lawn care needs. It's Coffin by Design West, out west past Taylor Loop, 14900 Cantor Road, Monday through Saturday, online at KauffmanLumber.com. Our care is a system of doctors, nurses, counselors, and pharmacists dedicated to bringing you the highest quality of health care. But it's more than that. It's relational. It's human. It's thousands of people over a three-state footprint offering health care to all. From the country club to the homeless shelter, no one is turned away. Our care. So you can live your story. Springtime in Arkansas means we turn our attention to the many waterways our state has to offer. Nothing's more enjoyable than floating or fishing one of the great streams and rivers in the natural state. This spring, do it in style in a new kayak or canoe from Arch Marine in North Rock. Dealing with HR is hard. There are 36 forms new employees have to fill out, a team handbook to read, company core values to memorize, and oh, by the way, you've got approximately zero room to make a mistake on their paperwork. Good luck. If you need help with HR, talk to the payroll company. They can handle recruiting, onboarding, HR best practices, handbooks and policies, payroll, and training. So all that's really left for you to do is take your new employees to lunch. Mmm. Less headaches, more than payroll. Visit morethanpayroll.com. Get only the best customer service and the best selection of meats at Hogs Meat Market, where they have sliced boar's head deli meats and cheeses. Hogs Meat Market, the steak people. You're listening to Out of Bounds with John Neighbors and Joe Franklin. Council wants to run all the way behind the back to Graham for another dunk. Arkansas having some fun at the expense of LSU. On 103.7 The Buzz. Trigger Tuesday here on Out of Bounds. So if you want some uh, last-minute triggers, you can call or text in at 501-661-1037. We'll get to those. Uh, but I know uh, we also have some other uh, interesting little headlines here. Like, for instance, I am so happy about this. The NFL owners have voted now in favor of letting players wear the number zero. We saw it in college football. Saw the reasoning behind it, especially given the circumstances. How I many players are on the roster and everything. Kept wondering if the NFL would finally do the same, and it looks like uh, the vote came in today. Offensive, or the vote on a Tuesday allowed all players other than offensive and defensive linemen to wear number zero. So That's not fair. So defensive linemen should be able to wear it. Well, we've seen it in college football, number zero. So uh, it says uh, also the proposal submitted by the Eagles and also allows kickers and punters to use any jersey between 0 and 49 and 90 and 99. So I guess not everybody can wear number 0, but uh, a lot of people can. So Calvin Ridley was one of those that actually tweeted out since he's with the Jaguars, says he's excited to be the first Jags player to wear number 0. So uh, we know Ridley's going to be changing to that, but I'll be curious to see if any other players, like star players that is, Say, you know what? I want to take that number. Nobody's ever had it before. I want to be the first one to wear it for my team. Rookies also. Rookies that get drafted in the draft this year, look out for some of them. Yeah, I, I like it. And they need to do double zero, too. I, I think that they should do double zero. That'd be cool. I don't know. Maybe that's like too close to looking like 88 or, or something. But I, I'm glad that they're doing it. I think zero is a cool number. And the fact that it was allowed in basketball for so long. Is it allowed in baseball? Is there, you can't do zeros in baseball. Ne- never seen a zero in baseball. Okay, you guys need to get on it over there, Major League Baseball. Let 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 the let the good trend rise into your league as well. Get zeros on the uniforms because hey, sometimes it's a pretty cool little thing, and people can uh, be able to have the uh, you know their mark with their own number there too. But we'll see uh, what other players end up uh, having that on their jerseys. And I'm sure uh, yesterday too, you guys talked about it. But uh, you know this situation with Lamar Jackson. How funny was that? Where he is putting out tweets as far as his request for a trade that he requested weeks prior. 
and doing it literally at the same time that John Harbaugh is meeting with the media and causing a, 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 a just a crazy storm and everything. But this is this is something that's pretty fascinating. Where he's going to be a hot commodity, a lot of teams would be interested, but just the way it's gone about and how it's gone has just been kind of weird. It seems like. Well, he knew that you know there were going to be questions about where they were as far as his contract and where the talks were, and uh, why Lamar isn't getting recognized from other teams outside of the Ravens as far as possibly bringing him in for some contract talks to see kind of where he is with his market value and that's why he wanted to put the info out there to say that he basically wants to move on from the Ravens at this point and he let the Ravens know that so they know but nobody else was privy to that information he wanted to put it out there for everybody to know so who are realistic teams out there that could have Lamar Jackson on their team next year. Colts said they're going to look into it. They said they'll look into the possibility of trading for him. Now, right now, any team can write an offer sheet for Lamar Jackson. The Ravens will be able to match, or if they don't match, they'll get two pick, two first-round picks in return. But that's kind of been the holdup from some of the other teams. They don't necessarily want to go about those steps and pretty much get their hopes up that, they're going to be able to bring Lamar Jackson in, and then the Ravens match the offer, and pretty much they did the work for the Ravens to sign Lamar Jackson. That's something that teams aren't interested in. Now, with this info out there, and this is part of why Lamar Jackson put it out there, now maybe the Ravens are more willing to let him go, and maybe they can get more of a compensation package in return and not want to match that offer sheet, and that's why he on his part, is working to put that info out there to let other teams know that we can get a deal done here, but it's going to take more than just writing an offer sheet and thinking that the Ravens aren't going to match that offer sheet and they'll just get those picks in return. It's going to take a little bit more work than that. And, and that's, again, one of the reasons why it's so fascinating because I totally get why team, like you know, if your team, what's the point of you putting in all that work and going through all of that just to get told, no, he's just going to stay? It's like... You know, they don't want to do things, you know, wasting time or, or wasting energy and wasting all of that uh, to try to do that. But, uh, I, of course, the, you know, the Jets said, no, nah, we're, we're in Aaron Rodgers' camp, so they're, they're going to be well, they said him. They, they don't want to negotiate on bad faith because they feel like they've had encouraging conversations with Aaron Rodgers that he is going to be the quarterback. It's just a matter of getting the compensation together. Now, because the talks have broken down between the Jets and Packers, if you go look into Lamar Jackson, now you have Aaron Rodgers saying, wait a minute, I thought we had something going here and we have an understanding. It's just a matter of getting the package and the compensation together. And if they look into other options, maybe that ruins that also for them. So that's why it's nothing against Lamar Jackson. It's just that they don't want to send a bad message saying that we're looking at other options when this is what we pretty much have a deal in place for, as long as we can get this compensation worked out. Can't wait for the Jets to not have either of them. Something's gonna, some dumb's going to happen, and they're not even going to get either quarterback, and they're going to be stuck with whatever. So, uh, But, you know, Lamar Jackson is you know, a really dynamic player, especially when he's healthy. And if he's going to be moving on, if he's assuming that he does move on from the Ravens, then that kind of goes in, all right, so now what does the, do the Ravens do? Like, what do they do at the quarterback position moving forward? They may have confidence in Tyler Huntley, a guy that's played a number of games for them, started a number of games over the past couple of seasons at the end of the year. But you would think that, and and so for them, it wouldn't be a rush to go get a quarterback in the first round. But you're creating an open roster spot, so now at some point you do have to fill that roster spot with a quarterback, whether that is somebody you want to bring in as a free agent or you wanted to go the draft and uh, make sure you have a roster filled with a quarterback position. Well, you know, with that division there, too, and uh, knowing that the the Ravens have had success and, and having a quarterback like that, because it felt like for so many years as the Ra- uh, Ravens organization, they won two Super Bowls, but they never really had, you know, that type of quarterback that was leading them. You know, not, and it's nothing against Joe Flacco or, or anybody that played for the Ravens uh, or Trent Dilfer. But it was just when you thought about the the orthodox way of having that big-time superstar franchise quarterback, the Ravens didn't have that until they got Lamar Jackson. And I guess that's where I'm coming in is, you know, this is above my pay grade as far as negotiations, and I understand that. But, man, 
see, knowing how difficult it is to find a, a player or at least a, a quarterback, especially of that caliber, and missing out on possibly prime years of his career, possibly of him uh, you know, going to some other team and still playing at a very high level. I know injuries can always happen. That's the thing where it's just kind of head-scratching, where it's like, man, you, you got somebody here. And I know, again, money always comes into play, but you got somebody here that's, that's electric and elite and has an MVP, like he's proven it. And for you to just let him go or not be able to have him during his prime years is just, oh, it seems almost like weird to have it that way too. Joe Flacco was that for them at the time. He was their franchise quarterback and of course he played himself into that big contract, making that playoff run, win the Super Bowl. So maybe they did view him as that before it all happened and then he got rewarded with the new contract. But maybe that's part of the Ravens thinking also. We've done this before without having that franchise type quarterback where the defense was dominant. And that's something that they always want to have. They always want to have that dominant defense, good linebackers, run stoppers up front. And that's kind of how they've always been built. And the blueprint is there for them where they have had success doing that before. So maybe that is their thinking, that it's nice to have that franchise quarterback, but we know that we can win despite having the franchise quarterback. Well, they definitely have an organization that knows what they're doing when it comes to to building rosters and the teams and Obviously, uh, Harbaugh is a, is a phenomenal coach and is able to, to constantly put him in playoff contention and everything like that. But uh, it's also a tough division. I know every division has its uh, toughness, but knowing what the Bengals and what they have going on with Burrow over there, and of course, uh, Kenny Pickett with Steelers, a very new quarterback there too, and uh, you know the, the success that they've had. And Deshaun Watson with the Browns, I mean, it's just, boy, it, it's going to be fascinating to see that division next year, the strides that some of these quarterbacks make, you know, Deshaun after sitting out the majority of the year, how is he going to return and how is he going to play there in Cleveland? Uh, it could be one of those things where uh, the Ravens, I'm not saying that they'll be a terrible team, but you know, if the quarterback play is not there, uh, it could really set them back in an already very tough division there too. They like to run the ball, so that's always going to be key in helping the quarterback succeed. They like to run the ball, they like to throw to tight ends. Now, that's something that the quarterback is able to play off, but something that's always held them back here in recent years, they haven't had those guys and those threats on the outside with the receivers. And that's something that you could say they're to blame for it because they never really got the weapons around Lamar besides having those tight ends and running backs. And that may be something that has kind of held him back in his progression and just adding to his game and taking those next steps. Yeah, because I also, you know, we talk about the upcoming class of quarterbacks coming in the NFL draft, too. I'm not saying that the Ravens would, you know, draft one of them for sure, at least in the first round or anything like that. But, uh, you know, that's that's also the thing that uh, where guys are moving around quarterbacks, like seeing Aaron Rodgers being on a new team, uh, you know, inevitably, and then thinking about Russell Wilson still pretty new there at Denver. All, you know, all these superstar players, not having Tom Brady is going to be weird, but like just a lot of these superstar quarterbacks. Either switching teams or no longer being in the league. It's just, again, changing of the guard and where it's at right now. It's that cycle that we're going to be in every year, and uh, just depending on how these contracts line up, you'll have certain years that are more dominant with the free agent quarterbacks and who's available, and you'll see a lot more movement just depending on how the contracts line up. We saw it a couple of years ago where there was a domino effect with quite a bit. Well, the thought was going into it, it'd be quite a bit of movement. And then it turned out to be not so much where these guys ended up getting locked in with their teams that they were currently with. No, I'm just glad that my team actually is looks, looks to be on the positive side of some of these free agents and trades and, and all that stuff. Let's just hope it actually comes through in the clutch. But we only have one segment left here on Out of Bounds. It's been flying by. But it's one of our favorite segments. It's three and out. So we'll get into some headlines, some storylines, some things we missed out on. We'll close up shop and get you ready for Drive Time Sports next here on Out of Bounds. The great.
grand opening extravaganza Saturday at Luxury Pool and Spa at their new location on Stanford Road in Conway. Stop by from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. Saturday during the grand opening and register to win a Pentair salt system, in-ground pool cleaner, or a Pentair variable speed pump. Luxury Pool and Spa will also have 20% off pool and spa chemicals along with 15% off accessories and toys. Food and fun Saturday 9 to 2 during the grand opening of Luxury Pool and Spa on Stanford Road in Conway. Online at LuxuryPoolArkansas.com. Live the life of luxury with Luxury Pool and Spa. Live in concert, the Grammy Award-winning 12-piece powerhouse, the Desky Trucks Band, in Little Rock at the Theater at Simmons Bank Arena. Friday night, April 28th. Don't miss this all-new show with all-new music from Tedeschi Trucks Band. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. Hurry in for our best deals at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Then get away to someplace fun, like jet skiing in Key West. It's your journey. Own every mile at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Going on now. Now get 0% APR, zero payments for 90 days, and 500 bonus cash on select vehicles. Hurry to your local Hyundai dealer. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. For well-qualified buyers only. Offer ends 4323. Call 1-562-314-4603 for complete offer details. Relate Care in Sherwood is having a job fair Wednesday, March 29th. Relate Care is hiring RNs who can work from home along with patient service representatives. Stop by their job fair March 29th. 29th from 9 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. in Sherwood at the Wildwood Center Medical Towers. It's just an acre for my friends at Serta Pro Painters. You know that each Serta Pro Painters business is independently owned and operated, and you can schedule your free estimate at SertaPro.com. That's Serta with a C. In my personal experience, you're not going to have a better painting project handled than with Serta Pro. You want to get the job done right? Then let them handle it. For your home, for your business, inside or out, it doesn't matter what time of year. You want somebody who's going to take care of your painting project like they live down the street with well, the good news for you is when it comes to CertiPro, they do. There is nowhere else I go but CertiPro. Every day, we do one thing, and we do it at the highest level. We formed Arkansas Urology more than 25 years ago, and ever since, our world-class team has gained experience and expertise in every aspect of urology. Today, you'll find our state-of-the-art facilities across Arkansas, where the latest technologies are used in innovative ways by skilled specialists who are dedicated to one thing, improving lives every day. Schedule your appointment at ArkansasUrology.com. Fantastic job. Macy, Chris, and Vince are ready to talk to you about what Southern Bank can do for you. Visit them online today at BankWithSouthern.com or call them at 501-424-0900. Southern Bank, member FDIC. Big Red Stores believe in giving, and we believe in supporting the communities where we live and work. And that's why every year in March, we raise funds for Arkansas Children's. We know there are a lot of good causes to give to, and we certainly appreciate you helping us out. In fact, with your help, over the past few years, we've raised over $1 million for Arkansas Children's, and we also make sure that 100% of your donation goes to Arkansas Children's, including all sales this month of our big cookies, where you can buy one and donate at any big red store or order a dozen at select stores. So donate to Arkansas Children's today at your local big red stores. Oh, oh my gosh, what a show today. Rick, Rick Schaefer, Brady Slavens. Justin Moore was singing a ton today. The entire show is him singing. We had a lot of games that we played. I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Tomorrow, R.J. Hawk, Trey Reed, and more. Maybe I'm not looking forward to it. I don't know anymore. And the new producer says he can run five miles every day. Whoa. Check out Hogs Meat Market's monthly specials and meat packages at hogsmeatmarket.com. Hogs Meat Market, the steak people. Their time is done. It's over. Over? Did you say over? Nonsense. I've not yet begun to defile myself. Call Kenny Loggins because you're in the danger zone. I play real sports. I'm trying to be the best at exercising. It's time for three and out. It's been three hours and we are boom out of here. All right. It is time for three and out. A few headlines, a few storylines, a few things that we got to dive into. And, uh, you know, I love those studies. And I know we're going to talk about a few of those studies, but one of the ones that I thought was really cool and honestly not surprising is that science scientists, I should say, have put together, this is according to Neuroscience News, put together an entire study talking about live sporting events. And the results they came back 
is that it's actually really good for you as a human being to go to live sporting events because those that do result in higher scores of two major measurements of subjective well-being, which is life satisfaction and a sense of life being worthwhile, uh, as well as lower levels of loneliness. So for those of you who may be looking to try to up your game a little bit, feel a little bit better, feel a little bit more confident, whatever it may be, apparently, according to the big science guys, Going to sporting events are great for those things, especially when they're live. So uh, maybe check out uh, a few games locally or nationally, but take care of business there because it's going to make you feel better. Follow up on the Josh Harris group trying to acquire the Washington Commanders. It's a group that Magic Johnson is a part of. They've submitted a fully financed bid to buy the Washington Commanders for $6 billion. So it's been fully financed, and they're one of the groups that put a bid in. Now we'll see what other groups decide to put a bid in, and we'll see uh, when this sale goes through for the commanders. $6 billion, is that all? Easy money. Easy money. Uh, So, you know, I thought about with flying over the past couple of weeks, and especially uh, the whole flying to Vegas and taking the red eye and all of that, quite the experience. I think I'm getting better at it, but uh, still... There's an AI program, which, you know, artificial intelligence seems to be a thing that either you love or you hate or you find interesting. But uh, an AI program analyzed 400,000 customer reviews for six different airlines. And there are now 11 changes that would make flying more enjoyable, according to this AI. And for those of you listening, see if you agree with them. More flexible seating arrangements, self-cleaning bathrooms, personalized comfort settings, redesign the overhead bins, all for that. Use analytical models to optimize flight schedules so there are fewer delays. Also about that. Use AI to monitor equipment and reduce mechanical delays. All about that. More flexible on booking policies like no cancellation fees and being more upfront about prices in general. Yeah, good luck with that. Give ticketing agents more performance-based feedback and social praise. Keep track of luggage by putting trackers on every suitcase. Absolutely. If there's any issue with your luggage or baggage, you should receive a text. And also speed up the TSA line by using biometric uh, face recognition to ID everybody instead of just showing a boarding pass. Mike Trout and Tiger Woods are building a golf course, and it's going to be closely located to where Mike Trout is from, and he makes his off-season home in South Jersey. It's going to be called Trout National, the reserve. It's going to have an 18-hole course, and it's designed by Tiger Woods and his firm, TGR Design. It's going to be 40 miles south of Philly, and they hope the club will open the members in 2025. Another cool little study is most and least stressed out states, according to studies. It was actually very surprising because Arkansas is actually on this list, not where you probably think. So they based this on 41 different factors uh, across four different stretches, uh, stresses that are work-related, money-related, family-related, and health and safety-related. Based on all of that, the least stressed out states, Minnesota is number one. Then Utah, New Hampshire, South Dakota, Massachusetts, Iowa, New Jersey, Connecticut, North Dakota, and Virginia. Those are the ones that are the least stressed out, but the most stressed out. (laughs) Number one's Mississippi. Number two's Louisiana. Number three's New Mexico. Number four's West Virginia. Number five is Nevada. And number six is Arkansas, followed by Bama, Kentucky, Texas, and then Oklahoma. So everyone thinks that everything's all sunshine and rainbows and friendlier and all fun in the South, but according to the studies, the stress level are at an all-time high, especially when Arkansas is one of those teams in the top ten. There's a 14-year-old kid that plays football in Michigan. He happens to be 6'10 and wears a 23 shoe. And so he's struggling to find some shoes that fit and looked into getting some custom-made shoes. Has ha- hasn't had much luck with it. Under Armour has actually stepped up to meet with the family and get them sized for some cleats. And then he also plays basketball Puma is going to uh, try to get together with him and get some shoes that they can custom build for his basketball shoes. So the family is happy about the fact of getting some shoes that he can actually fit because they haven't had much luck with it. Well, speaking of shoes, uh, someone invented a shoe that you can actually wear backwards. According to a fashion brand there in New York, they invented a new type of shoe you can also wear backwards. They're called the BWD shoe. If you wear them like normal, they've got an open-toed sneaker and if you wear them the other way, they become sandals. So it looks like you've got shoes on backwards. Don't really know what the point of it is. Don't really know if that's going to be helpful at all. But they're saying that it's something that's really cool. And if you want to buy them, they're at the 
very low, low, low price of $135. That'll actually hit the website on uh, April 11th. Florida man. He was driving 140 mile per hour zone. And when officers pulled him over, he said he was simply trying to get his girlfriend to a job interview. So they also had three kids in the vehicle. And not only did he get the speeding ticket, reckless driving, and neglect of three counts for the kids that were in the vehicle. Yeah, I mean, it's listen, it's, sometimes you got to come up with the, the right reasoning and the right excuse. I don't know if that one was one. But if it's for a job interview, I, you know, I would have let him slide. I would have let him slide for sure. But, hey, look who's in studio with us here at the Hogsmeade Market Studios. we got Randy Rainwater here and in studio. You, Josie! Randy! What's up, buddy? Hey, it's good to see you. How about this? What, what, what do we owe the pleasure of having you during well, our show here I in studio? I guess you can say this is homecoming. Oh. I mean, coming back home. Coming back home. My wife and I have been in the process of moving to Little Rock now for a while. Yeah. And uh, you reach a point where you got to draw a line and say, okay, I'm either in or I'm out, so to speak. So um, I had to take off yesterday, and I need to go back. Uh, to my old studio because I'm missing some wires. I didn't pull oh. my wires. <laughs> surprise, surprise. But um, no, yeah, I'm excited on one hand, and um, it's been a great run for all these years. I'm not sure. Joe, what do you think? Ten years? Yeah, it's been at least ten. At least ten years. I've, I've done it from my home studio. So this is welcome back. This mm-hmm. is year number 33. All right. 33. 30, 34. So. 24 of the years this was home, yeah. and then for 10 plus years, my home was in, uh, in Cersei. That's how, that's how old I am. Totally, Randy. I don't want to make you feel bad. 33? Oh, I'm 34. But close. Close <laughs> to it. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's good. I, I'm, now we get to actually, I feel like I, I don't think, see you enough, so now we can yeah, see you every yeah. day and hang out and all that stuff. Yeah, it's good to have well, you. Um, I'm trying to set up my, my office at home, the new home, kind of giving me uh, a warm-up place. But uh, ultimately, this is it. So, excited to be back. Well, good. It's good to have you back there, Great too. Great to see you. Absolutely. So, Absolutely, Josie. How about this, Randy? Tell us what's coming up on Drive Time Sports today. I don't know. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, just got to crack the Mac and see I what happens. I cannot find notes. I can't find anything. So, it's in a box somewhere. i got to find it. But, no, we will have on Kevin uh, Bohannon. We'll be going around the horn. And at 5 o'clock, Trey Biddy. And because of Arkansas baseball, we'll be out of here at 5.30. And uh, Arkansas and Omaha. But it uh, should be a fun day. That should be. Jealous of the uh, the hour and a half show. But, hey, that's what happens when you're Randy uh, Rainwater. You get well, I don't, I don't think I have anything to do with it. <laughs> I think it's called Arkansas baseball. That definitely helps. Well, appreciate everybody listening in to Out of Bounds today. For Joe Franklin, I am John Neighbor. Same sports show, same sports channel tomorrow afternoon. Stay tuned, folks. we got Drive Time Sports coming up next. Simmons Bank is growing, and you can catch Justin and Wes when they bring the zone to Whitehall this Wednesday to broadcast for the grand opening of the newest Simmons Bank location on Robin Road. It's the zone this Wednesday at Simmons Bank in Whitehall. We've been trying to reach you about the extended warranty on the car you haven't owned for six years. Are you tired of these calls? Ever wonder how they started? There's a good chance when you bought that car, the 